recorded live. Saints, we greet you all once again in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come. We thank him for another opportunity to worship him in spirit and in truth. God has, in fact, smiled on us, and we appreciate him for his 
grace, his loving kindness. For those of you all who have been worshiping with us, you know we are working on our most recent topic entitled, There is Nothing Wrong with Doing Right. Just keep that in mind. There's nothing wrong with doing right, no matter how the adversary and his children may try to um, change that picture. There has never been and there will never be anything wrong with doing what's right. We looked at capital A in our outline, every nation. God is calling for every nation to do what is right. We looked at Acts 10, 35, Acts 2 and 5. Capital B, your conscience speaks. Understand that, that, that God has given us a part of our human spirit, a part of ourselves that will know the difference between right and wrong. This is that part of us that as we get close to God, God will strengthen it and he will speak even more. Second Kings chapter 7, verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. When it brings us on down to capital C, acceptable to God. We understand that there's a difference between what is acceptable to man and what is acceptable to God. We looked at Proverbs 21 and verse 3. And we want to take a look tonight very briefly at 1 Peter. chapter 12 and verse 5. 1 Peter. No mistake, saints. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, You also like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, capital C, acceptable to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you again for another opportunity to worship you, another opportunity to sing praises unto your most glorious name. Father, forgive us of our sins and our iniquities. We thank you, Father, for leading and guiding us in the paths of righteousness for your namesake. We thank you, Father, for delivering us from the fouler snare, tracks, traps, and the, the, the tricks of the adversary. Father, we thank you for uh, patience and uh, ability to wait uh, on you. We thank you, Father, for sending helpers, Father, who uh, will let us know the truth. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We pray, Father, you'll speak into our hearts and minds this evening as we glorify your holy name. We trust that you're going to say something to us tonight, Father, that will help move us further along in you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Acceptable to God. Now, First uh, Peter chapter 2, verses 4 on down to about verse 12. We're talking about living stones and a chosen people. Living stones, children of God. We are living stones and we are a chosen people. Now, look at what Peter says here in verse 4. It says, as you come to him, the living stone. Now, living stone, you will see in your scriptures capitalized. 
God is referred to in this particular analogy as a living stone. Now, the two terms almost sound contradictory because when you think of a stone, normally you think of that which is inanimate, that which is not alive. But, you know, there are even, even in that state that we think of stones as being inanimate objects, there are still admirable qualities that we attribute to stones. We, we think about stones as being what? Strong. We think about stones. What are some of the adjectives? We think about stones. Sturdy. We think about stones as being, uh, you know, if you've got papers or something that's about to fly away, you want to try to get a stone down. on Stones you think about as being immovable or not something that just doesn't blow by the wind or gets moved by the wind. You've got stones that are, that are millions and millions of years old. Stone. So, so even as inanimate, inanimate objects, there are still some very admirable qualities. Well, Peter comes back and refers to God as a living stone. Now, when we think about things that are living, we are thinking about things that, that uh, uh, um, can move. We are thinking about things that... that that breathe, we're thinking about things that grow, we're thinking about things that, so, so God being looked at or referred to as a living stone, you can take some of the best of both worlds, and it helps to give us a picture of the God that we serve as you come to him. Now understand that it is our responsibility to come to God. It's our responsibility to come to God. Now, my spirit immediately goes to the prodigal son, that young man, or the one that we commonly call the prodigal son, went out, threw the money away, did all kind of things. It wasn't the father's responsibility to go find him. The father didn't leave him. It was his responsibility to come home. As, as, as creation, it's our responsibility to come back to our creator. When you throw a yo-yo down, it's not your hand's responsibility to go down and pick the yo-yo up off the floor. It's the, it's the yo-yo's responsibility to come on back up to the hand as you come to him. See, some of you all, you can mess around and miss this thing, waiting for God to come to you. Well, in a sense, he is. When he sends his apostles, he sends his prophets, he sends his word. He gives you breath. But we need to come to him. Remember what Peter told the Lord when Jesus asked his disciples, do you want to leave too? Peter said, to whom shall we go? It is you that have the words of eternal life. See, if you don't get that revelation, you'll keep going. You'll keep doing your thing. You'll keep being involved in all sorts of nonsensical, make no meaningless mess. Until you get the revelation that God is the one that has the words of eternal life, until you get the revelation that you're not going to be saved without God or his word, you'll keep going. You'll keep going. That's what the masses of people did during Jesus's, in Jesus' ministry in John chapter 6. Many of his disciples turned and no longer followed. Why? Because they didn't realize that he had the words to eternal life. When you realize that the only way that I can get this eternal life thing is through God and through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and through his word. Oh, you quit wasting time. You quit wasting time. 
You quit just going on your little peewee great adventure. See, you go on your great adventure because you ain't got the revelation yet that the only way I can get to heaven, no man can come to the Father unless he come through Jesus. So you just keep going, doing whatever you're doing, into whatever you're into. You just ain't got a revelation yet. You got to come to him. Peter says, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men. So, so look, at, look at what you got. God is calling for you to come to someone that's rejected by men. Well, you are a man, aren't you? you are, we are men and we are women. So God is asking for you and I to do something that is not even natural. He, the Bible says he's rejected. The living stone, or Christ, is rejected by men. But he is accepted, what? But he's chosen by God. So in order to come to him, you've got to go against your own nature. It's not our nature as fallen beings and fallen creations to come to him. Remember, after Adam sinned, his thing was to turn and try to get away from God. And see, this is how you can tell which nature and what you're all about. Are you trying to turn and run away from the things of God every chance you get? Or are you trying to make excuses to turn and run to the things of God as we come to him? There are some things God said you're just not going to get until you come to me. Some things you're not going to realize until you come to me. Some things God said you're not going to see until you come to me. Remember that prodigal son, there was a calf there that had his name on it. He didn't know anything about it as long as he was in that distant land. There was a gold ring that had his name on it in the house. He didn't know anything about it as long as he was in that distant land. There was a celebration that he was the special guest, of, but he didn't know anything about it as long as he was in that distant land. When he came back, when he came to himself, when he came home, when he got in place, he come to find out the father had all kind of goodies he didn't know anything about. So it is with God as we come to him. Rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built. Keep in mind, children of God, God is building. We are like living stones that are being built into a spiritual house. So God, watch this now. God is working on the stones and God is working on the house. Now, that, that sounds real strange because normally when you see builders come in, the stones are already ready. All they got to do is put them together to make the house. But God is saying that he is working on the stones, the living stones. Well, we are being built like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. God is calling for you and I to be a holy priesthood. But what does a priesthood do? Priesthood go, go, on, go to God on behalf of the people. That's what priests do. We have a responsibility, children of God, to stand in the gap. On that unsaved son, that unsaved daughter, that unsaved mother, that unsaved father, that unsaved sister, that unsaved brother, we have a responsibility to be going to God on behalf of those individuals. Because the only reason why individuals are not saved is because they've been blinded by the, by the adversary. When all the smoke is cleared and all the fat is boiled away, the only reason out there why you not say is because God has not yet revealed himself to you and he's allowed the adversary to keep his blinders on your eyes just a little while longer. But when God is pleased, like the Apostle Paul talked about, when God was pleased to reveal Christ in me, 
Paul said, look, there was nothing I could do until God revealed Christ. And you are done the sound of my voice. There's nothing you can do until God reveals Christ in you. You're going to just keep right on thinking what you're thinking, doing what you're doing, talking what you're doing, talking. But when God reveals Christ in you, you become a new person. You start talking with new tongues. You start looking through different eyes. You start thinking with a different mindset. When God reveals Christ in you, we're being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Watch this. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Now, understand that there are sacrifices that are acceptable to God and there are sacrifices that are not acceptable to God. can be the same thing. Some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, you can give $500 a month to the ministry and God be pleased with it. Some of you under the sound of my voice, give $500 a month to the ministry and God be totally displeased. You say, Apostle, how are you going to say that? Depend on what God told you. Depend on what God told you. Now, let's say God told you to give $1,000 a month to the ministry. You're giving 500 That 500 God is displeased. Sure, we'll take it and we'll use it to do all kinds of things, but God is not pleased because he told you to give 1000 But if God has told you to give 500 and you give 500 then that's a spiritual sacrifice. Spiritual sacrifices have their origin in obedience to the voice of God. Spiritual sacrifices. You know, you wonder, oh, what is a spiritual sacrifice? A spiritual sacrifice is a sacrifice that God has told you to give. A spiritual sacrifice is that which God has told you to do. When Abram was about to offer up his son Isaac, that was to be a spiritual what? Sacrifice. So you say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Whatever you're trying to sacrifice, whatever you're trying to offer up to God, first thing you need to find out is, has God told me to offer that up? Has God told me to do that? Before I give this amount in church, has God told me to give this amount in church? In other words, slow your roll. Take time to hear God before you offer anything to God because offering up the wrong thing to God can get you killed. Don't believe it? Ask Nadab and Abihu, two of Aaron's sons who offered up what? Strange fire to the Lord. Lord said, well, what? Lord was like, what is this? What? Who, you, what? And killed him. Take time to ask God. Take time to communicate with God. God know what he wants you to give him, and God know what he don't. God knows what he wants you and I to give him. God knows what, how much he wants you and I to contribute to the work of God. God knows, but God knows. God know what spiritual gifts he wants you to have. You can be pastoring and be just as wrong as two left shoes. Let God have given you the gift, the prophetic gift, and not called you the pastoral pastor. You might have a large congregation. You might have a large following. But the question is, we're talking about spiritual sacrifices. The question is, did God tell you to do that? Not everything. And see, that's and on judgment, them the kind of questions going to be asked. See, I'm asking them now to try to get your mind, to try to get your mind right. Because them are the kind of questions that God going to have on the judgment. When did I tell, oh, Lord, we prophesy in your name. In your name, we drove out demons. In the name, we did this. And Lord was like, uh, well, when exactly did I tell you to do that? Oh, uh, I thought it would be. Uh, that, I didn't ask you what you thought. 
I asked you, when exactly did I tell you to do that? A lot of people going to be looking stupid. God, Lord, yeah, Robert. God said a lot of people going to be looking stupid on judgment. A lot of people. Because if you don't learn that obedience to the Spirit of God is, is the only way you can, you can offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God, then you'll miss this thing. Miss this thing. You'll completely miss this thing. Doing a whole lot of good-looking stuff. Singing a whole lot of good-looking songs. Preaching a whole lot of good-sounding sermons. The only question that needs to be answered, did God tell me to or not? If he did, do it. If he didn't, refrain. Talking about spiritual sacrifices. We're talking about sacrifices that are what? Acceptable to God. That which is acceptable to God is that which God has told you and I to do. What about done, children of God? Get in the habit of checking with God. And that checking with God first will make your, your sacrifices acceptable to God. God knows what he wants, and God knows what he don't want. What in the world are you going to look like? I don't like red velvet cake. And here you are going to throw me a party, and you done cooked up a big old six-pound red velvet cake. I'm like, what is this all about now? I don't like red velvet cake. Why would you bring me red velvet cake? Did I ask you for red velvet cake? No. Do You know I don't like red velvet cake. There's stuff that we won't, even us. There's stuff that we don't want. There's stuff that God won't, and there's stuff that God don't want. God told one prophet, he said, tell these people, quit bringing me these meaningless sacrifices. God said, I don't want no more bulls. I don't want no more goats. I don't want no more of this stuff. Tell the people to. Let's, let's close out. Close out. Go to, uh, what is it, Jeremiah? I don't know. I don't know. If I can't find it quick, I might have to, to search it out later on and uh, bring it to you all on a later, later date. I don't know if it's Jeremiah right now or Isaiah. Stop telling the people. Stop bringing me these meaningless sacrifices. Trampling on my court. Now, I'm looking at uh, Jeremiah chapter 7, but that's, that's not the one I want. So that's what I may have to do because we're not going to take the time to search that out. The Lord brought that up in my spirit. I wish he'd give me the, 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 uh, the book, the chapter, and verse. But he told prophet, tell the people, stop bringing me these meaningless sacrifices. I may have to bring it for you all tomorrow.
Uh, Jeremiah chapter 7 deals with false religion, worthless. I really want that for the people. I really want that. Let me see if I can find that very quick. Isaiah 1 and 13. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 13. Praise God. Let's close out on this. Uh, type that one in. Isaiah. Go back to verse 12. No, 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 no. Let's just, let's just read it. All right, go to verse 11. God says, the multitude of your what? Sacrifices. God says, what are they to me? Says the Lord. I have more than enough of burnt offerings, of rams, the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling? Of my course. Watch verse 13. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moon, Sabbaths, convocations, I cannot bear your evil assemblies. Now, I'm not going to keep right on going with that. But meaningless, meaningless offerings, meaningless sacrifices to God. If it's got if it's if it's if it's gonna be given to God, it must be given right, or it's not accepted by God. Again, now you read this, and then you go and read other places where God be telling you to bring the blood of bulls and goats and different things in in the old covenant. But here He's telling them stop. Why? Because of motive. All right. You know, it's about like you ask, you know, you ask somebody to do something for you, and they just doing just as sorry a job of it as they possibly can. Be like, look, just stop, just stop. You ask somebody to give you a massage, they give you a massage. <sighs> look, you just stop, just stop. Thanks. Let us let us make sure that our sacrifices, our offerings, are what. What are we talking about? Capital C, acceptable to God. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you again, Father, for another beautiful day. Father, thank you once again for delivering us from the fowler's snare and being such an on-time God. We praise and we magnify you, Father. We ask that uh, you will watch over your people in the four corners of the earth, watch over uh, the tools, the machines that are used to help uh, make our lives more comfortable, Father. We know that 
that you are a master technician, master physician, you're a master of everything, Father. You can fix anything. Surely if you can fix the human condition, you can fix our air conditioner. You can fix our, our vehicles. You can fix anything in creation for everything that exists. Father, you are the creator of all things. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We thank you, Father, for admonishing us tonight to make sure that our sacrifices are acceptable to you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We trust that you're going to do these things for us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks. You can reach us through email at thechristianconcernchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc feel free to join us on talk shoots broadcast youtube and itunes at 9 and 7 p.m daily our talk show call 724-444-7444 enter id 17959 us broadcast type in robert bryan on youtube and the chris and Cern church channel you can see excerpts of apostle robert bryan on youtube donations should be somebody's in the donation button on the church website or our talk show homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you in Jesus' name. Amen.